please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Leezy. And uh, I think this is what Martin uh, like affectionately termed the Black Three on the Act Three. Shout out to the Act Three podcast. We're the skeleton crew over here. Yeah, man. Um, when it's time to, you know, we show up for Black History Month. Let's of just say course. that. Yeah, of course. You know, shout out to Chandler. <laughs> uh, Corey's but, um, still on the injured list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Corey's on the injured list. Um, but yeah, it's the kind of movie critics. If you never heard of us, uh, and you're just taking a chance on a, a thumbnail, which I don't know why you would with our particular thumbnail. But, Your graphic design abilities are amazing, cause uh, yeah, don't show yourself short. But it's always just like. I don't know. It's yellow and black. Like it ain't nothing to peel. Oh, about, you mean the you know? this, the show thumbnail? Yeah, the show thumbnail. Oh, well, yeah. I forgot. We do do like individual thumbnails per. I've episode. never clicked on a podcast because of the thumbnail. So see, that's kind of crazy. I th- I feel like I have. I feel like I was maybe on the verge of one one time, and then like the because the artwork was like enticing. I was like, you act, right, but I'll it made so it. so you looked at the artwork and it made you read the the description. Yeah, but it didn't make you click play. Well, it was. It might have been like part of the deciding factor. Okay. Because it's like if they got good artwork, maybe they've executed yeah, this well. Yeah, that's it, fair. It's kind of it kind of goes hand in hand. It's like if it's well put together, then it's probably a well put together show. And if it's a well put together show, then I'm a, I'm gonna enjoy it, or at least a well put together conversation. Because sometimes you hear Jones and people just ramble, and <laughs> you know it get, it gets out of control. I feel seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, so so yeah. So I guess the the artwork does make a difference, and uh. If you clicked ours, you probably clicked it because you noticed that it looks like the AMC logo, which don't tell them. Um, <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, better call Saul's coming back. Speaking of which, hey. uh, I don't know if y'all do. are y'all into that. No. Okay, so that's no, that's really. me. I mean, court. I watched like two seasons. Okay, it's actually really really good. Uh, yeah. I, I missed season four, but season five is about to come on. Um, y'all watching anything else? You know, I I finished the Malcolm X who killed Malcolm X. That had me in my feelings. I'm gonna tell you, man. Um, I learned, I learned a great deal. Me too. I learned a great deal, and I had a great conversation with my wife about it. Which, when it comes to like history, you know, things get reduced to these bullet points. And for the people that weren't there, it's kind of like you make your decision about how you feel on these bullet points. Mm-hmm. And then, it, but it's like an outline, you know, you got the heading, then you got like the subheadings, then the subheadings under the subheadings. And when you start getting into the fine print of the details, these big incidences that have happened that have like shaped maybe how you feel about the world. When you really get into the minutia of it, you're like, oh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just never, I never even considered the details that were going on with uh, with Malcolm X. Like, I never considered the details between him and the nation. I never I never considered any of that. I just always, for me, it was always Pro. Like, that was like my, that was like my, that's like for anything that happened like in the 60s. I mean, that's not not true. Yeah, it's not not true. But that's, <laughs> but but it's that's not, not the it's only factor. It's not the factor. biggest thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, and that's, I guess that's what but I'm saying is that Interesting. Like, I felt like there was more mystery around it than that. I felt like they were involved, but I didn't really know what happened. And um, I actually walked away from that documentary very disappointed in black people. <laughs> so I'm not going to mm, lie. I yeah. I, um, 
I don't know. I, that was just very frustrating to watch for me. And um, people say they care about certain things and how important they are, but then in reality, they don't really care. Yeah, it's not important to them. Well, no. you know what it made me realize too. And I, I I said this in the conversation. Shout out to uh, Tony and Melissa that own Burrito Perdido because <laughs> I, I I chilled with them Friday night. Um, and I had this conversation with with Tony. I said what it made me realize is that the Malcolm X story is American History X. In reverse. Huh. It's exactly that. It's this, he's a white nationalist. He's a nationalist, period. Goes hard for the, for the credo of what they stand for. Um, he gets put in a compromising situation where he realizes that, like, the leadership really doesn't, he's the only one that takes the doctrine that seriously. Mm -hmm. And then it causes the brotherhood to turn on him. And then it has, it reaps consequences. Like, it's, it's American history X and, like, the reverse the inverse fraction of uh, Malcolm X's American History X, and and now the title makes more sense to me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like it just like I don't think whoever put that together. I feel like they were conscious about that story. You know, even huh. even down to if you remember you American tweet History. Uh, Tony K, I think, was the director. But tweet I tweet him. I, mean, I want to know. Yeah. Well, it, it, even when you look at like. The person that was responsible for Edward Norton's character sort of gain, gaining this consciousness that the principal, mm -hmm. uh, the black, the black principal, I forget his uh, his name in real life. It, it just made me realize that so much of this, like so much of those stories are very paralleled. Um, I never watched that movie with the same eye that I watch movies with. Presently, um, and now that you are saying what you're saying, I wouldn't necessarily relate it to Malcolm X so much as like religion in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the paradigm shifts that we have about things that we have like a cult like um, loyalty to. Uh -huh. I think that you can apply that to like a lot of shit. Very much. Um, but yeah, I like I like that. I I like that. That's smart. Yeah, it's, Def it's definitely like. It gives you I want you to add that nigga on Twitter though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I I should. It gives you perspective though, and I and and um, you know, sometimes like it, people find it hard to put themselves in other people's shoes, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's like if you if you know if you're like if you're a white nationalist and you watch American History X and you have a certain position on it, um, I don't know. It's just it just the conversation just opens up. It just I re, I respect movies like that that just allow. For more conversation, is like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> who, who killed Malcolm X? And of course, The Outsiders. Yeah, well, we all are. Yeah. I um, I actually binged when it came out. I binged the reboot of High Fidelity. Ooh. Um, Questlove is the music supervisor for this show. Is he? Yes, he is. He's fucking amazing. He should be doing that for more shows. Okay. Um, do you remember like the original High Fidelity with John Cusack? Sort of. I mean, I remember it, I, and I, I I saw it in theaters, and it didn't particularly. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it came out when I was working at a theater, so um, I didn't particularly like attach myself to it for mm -hmm. any reason. So. So. Music is such a big part of the story, so mm -hmm. I know you understand why it's important that Questlove is the music supervisor. Oh, for, for the sure. Show. Yeah. Um, sure. And I I am predictable, and y'all can kiss my ass, but I was like, oh, we're doing High Fidelity, but we're reimagining. The main uh, character is a woman. Well, 
No, not just a woman, but like John Cusack and Jack Black are now black women. Right. And then when I saw that Kingsley Benadire was on the show and I'm obsessed with him, even mm-hmm. though he don't got no edge up, but if he was my baby, I'd get him together. But <laughs> but like after I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm here. Like that's all I need. Right. Interesting. It is so good. So does it sort of maintain the same structure of what the film was about? Yeah, it does. But like it's not. It's not like condensed into to such a short time, right? Um, uh, shout out to Citri. We were talking about it yesterday. He mm. was like, "It's so beautifully filmed." Yeah, it's he so beautiful. It. Yeah, I binged it too. But like High Fidelity, and it's not a black show. They oh, just okay. they just did some shit that I like when people do, and the story still works. Gotcha. The arc is very similar. Um, so I knew what was going to happen, but mm. I was just like, "Ooh, how are we going to get there?" And right. I, I really, really enjoyed it. That's 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 dope that um that Questlove was a music supervisor on that. I th- I think he might have done that for a few things like um there was a documentary called um oh what was that documentary called man where it was like a was it a Swedish documentary that can't, that uh talked about like civil rights in in America and it was like a it was a European perspective of what was happening in America and civil rights. Oh, I want to see that like yesterday. Um, What's the, it called? Oh, the the Black Power mixtape. Oh, That's what okay. it was. I think I, I feel like Questlove was music That's supervisor. That's the one with like that. Angela Davis's afro, just as the whole as the, thumbnail. Yeah, as the <laughs> thumbnail is a really good document. It's good to get another country's perspective on the transgressions that were happening, you know, because it's like we kind of frame it one way. Because mm-hmm. um, we're in it, yeah. Yeah, but you know, they had their journalists over here and talking to people and really just getting to the core of how they felt. Like there was a lot of Stoke, Stokely Carmichael footage. Um, just having these intimate conversations with people, um, and it and, and it didn't have like interviews traditionally how a, a documentary would. Mm-hmm. It was their voiceovers. It was mm. like you you would you would hear it was just interview voiceover interview voiceover over top of footage from the sixties and seventies, and um, it was just very well put together. But I, I feel like Questlove had a huge hand in that. If I'm not mistaken. Nice. Now yeah. the, the other thing I wanted to say, the the actress who replaces the Jack Brack character, black character, I can say words. Um, Divine Joy Randolph, who is also Andolamite is my name. Okay. She she plays she, she's um she played the what was her name in Dolomite is my name. I'm acting like his right hand man. His right hand. Uh, Lady Lady Reed. Okay, the the one that the comic he took on the road with him, right? Yes. Okay, I liked her. She's in this and she replaces Jack's black Jack Black's character. Oh, she's funny. She is so great yeah, in this. She's funny. I want to watch her like. Okay. Is she like a real stand-up comedian? I don't know if she is or not, but you know she's a very about? good comedic actress. Okay. You didn't watch Dolomite? Oh, you're talking about who? Lady Reed from Dolomite. Oh, is she a I don't think she's a stand-up, right? I, I don't know. I, don't so. I mean, she seems like she would have some good stand-up comedic timing. If she was. She's good in high fidelity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. She's good. better than Jay Black was. I said it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What have you been watching though, Martin? Yeah. Um, I've been rewatching uh Altered Carbon. It's a show on Netflix. Yeah. I started that one. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, me neither. I like I like it. It's kinda like it's cheesy, but it's like a noir, like sort of like Blade Runner type of thing. Yeah. And I've been rewatching it because they're the next season is coming out. Um in a week, and oh. it stars uh, Falcon. I forgot his name. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. Oh, wow. 
it stars him. So so Joel the Joel what's his name? Well, the Joel? person yeah, moves well, bodies, and yeah, I got confused premise, at who was yeah. in whose body, and I didn't want to watch the shit. No That's more. where I got lost. Yeah, too. the premise of the show is like nobody really dies anymore. They just like at when you're a certain age, they insert this like chip into like the back of your head, and it takes out your consciousness. So basically, when your sleeve, your body dies, you could take that and insert it into another body. Yeah. So rich people get to live forever while poor people like get stuck either being being in storage or being in like really bad bodies and stuff like that. So I think his body like died at or his sleeve like died at the end of this last past season. So next season I guess he's gonna be Anthony Mackey. Nice. So it's it's kind of a cool conceit because you could keep switching like actors for like every season if you want to. Yeah. I feel I, I think I let that. that I, that's also another movie with Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. And David Luke. No, not Derek Luke. Not David Luke. Yeah. Which movie was that? I can't tell you the name of it. I watched it once, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like the Netflix James." Yeah, man. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I I feel like that. So, I because Altered Carbon came in between Westworld season one and two, right? I uh, don't get me wrong. If, if I remember correctly, probably the first season. I just remember like. I was like, man, I've already dealt with Westworld. Like, I don't got, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I can't keep doing this like body in another body in another situation, situation. Like, that's what kind of turned me off from it. Cause it, I, I remember saying, I feel like it was Netflix's answer to Westworld mm. um, in terms oh. of like the big budget, you know. Uh, well, yeah, production. It's, it's definitely as violent as Westworld. I don't think the production budget is up there. And it is <laughs> kind of, <laughs> it is kind of, yeah. <laughs> It is kind of cheesy and whatnot, but it, it is kind of cool to see, like, a more adult show on Netflix that's, mm-hmm. like, sci-fi and horror and, like, the noir, that type of genre. Gotcha. I think they expected it to do better than what it did. I think so, too. Yeah. But, I mean, they generally give everything two seasons. You don't get a third season unless you, like, really knocking it out the park. Yeah. Speaking of which, man, you know, I mean, I know this is old news, man, but RIP to uh, She's Gotta Have It. Mm. And then coming back for season three. Season two was kind of, I don't know. It was a little, we we never really talked about it, but season two, for me, about halfway through it, I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this because I love Spike. That's how I Did felt you text him and tell him that? Since you no. Got- oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, would, why, I love African Child. Why would I text Spike and tell him? I'm going to tell you what I did text no, him one time. I, I'm sorry. I'm giving you shit because you like, he, that's a flex that you like to pull out your back pocket. Like, I be talking to Spike. You peasants aren't. So. Yeah, that's true. I do talk to <laughs> so Spike. Like, so that's, I'm just giving you shit. But yeah. I, that's not some shit I would say to Spike if I met him. He came in the room. I'd be like, Mr. Lee, very nice to meet you, sir. Yeah, but- <laughs> big facts. That's what I would do too. Um, but you know what's funny? I never, I never share this with y'all, but I'm going to go ahead and do it on mic because it's hilarious. So out of the blue one day, because that's how I text him. Like, I'll text him, like, at, at one point I was texting maybe, like, once a week, once every other week, just kind of, like, saying what's up, keeping the keeping the, the contact fresh. Yeah. yeah, keeping it fresh. Uh, but now it's kind of reduced to, like, maybe once a month. So um, out of the blue one day, man, I was just thinking, like, I just had a conversation with Masego. Shout out to Masego. And, um... I was like, yo, man, it would be dope to do a redo of Mo Better Blues with somebody like Masego and okay. the Denzel character. But I didn't say that to Spike. What I did, I texted Spike and I said, yo, hypothetically, I said, hypothetically, I'm not like, this is not a real thing. Hypothetically, if someone were to do a reboot of Mo Better Blues, who do you think can play Bleak's character? Man, he texted me back. He said, <laughs> so when I saw he responded, I'm like, oh, shit, he's engaged. Okay, I can't wait to see what he's got to say. 
Yo, Spike texted me back and he said, ain't nobody redoing Mo' Better Blues. It's over. I'm like, fam, come on, man. But I get it. Like, you don't know what I'm going to do with this information. Like, get on a podcast and talk yeah. about it. You know, but I, I just thought that that was, it was just pretty funny. I repeat like, that I would like to see him. And this is what I'm putting in the universe. And you can be like, the sister from uh-huh. my podcast said. Okay. That she would like to see what you did with season one of She's Gotta Have It with your other classic properties. I would like to see, and it they could just be eight episodes, ten episode seasons on a Netflix. Right. So I'd love to see like eight episodes of an updated version of School Days or right. the same thing with Mo Better Blues. I would like to see that. I'd right. like to see those kinds of things. Even with gentrification and like um, an updated version of Do the Right Thing. Right. Not necessarily that it has to follow the same arc, but I'd love to see like, an up, up, maybe not Do the Right Thing, but you understand what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I know so exactly what you're those, saying. Those, those, those Two movies, definitely. Maybe Jungle Fever, something like that. I would, I would like that. I feel like, um, I feel like we haven't seen the last of Spike Lee in TV, and I feel oh, I'm like sure we haven't. I feel like that's, I, I feel like if BET is not talking about that, especially since Tyler Perry's in bed with BET, I feel like if they're not talking about, and he's fresh off naming a studio after him, if they're not talking about that, they're crazy. If somebody like, especially after doing Boomerang. Um, if they're not talking that to Spike Lee, trash. I'm sure it is, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure, it, I'm sure the analytics say that maybe it's worth making again. Uh, anyway, man, it is still black history month. It We're here to talk February. about the photograph. We, we didn't are. even say that, but before yeah. that, it yeah. is still black history. month. It is still black history month. And, um, I know you had talked about a list of movies that you felt like were very imperative, Lizzie, that like Well, I don't know about very imperative, but like a list of movies that I'm rewatching in order of in in order in honor of mm-hmm. Black History Month. Right. And I, I promised the list. I'm gonna provide the list, but we um anticipated um that this conversation could be made more robust by kind of talking about Black History Month and what black films we found um Impactful to the point of saying that at least they're like r- worth rewatching. Right, I agreed. And um, I don't know if you know, you kind of you might be like a low key like an ambassador for 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 black moviegoers. Am I? You may be, man. I'm finding that, that people really care about your perspective when it comes to the black. <laughs> To the black experience. That is in, funny in to me. Yeah, it's pretty, I think it's pretty dope, though. Interestingly you know? enough, before we got on mic, we were talking about our, our, our top five, and there's only one black movie in my top five. I was like, oh, I yeah. got to hide, though. People will not have believe you, it. Have you ever told like our listening audience like what your favorite film is? Have you said that? I feel like you have. But maybe. I think I, maybe I have. I know I've told you, and, and like I respected you after you liked my favorite movie. Yeah, but it's hilarious. I feel like we'll talk about it one day. I think maybe we'll do a top five episode. Take it back to old school, the right. KMC. We were just talking. Right, we are just talking. <laughs> and right. I, I like that. Maybe um, when Corey gets off the injured reserve list, we can do a top five episode. That would be dope. That would be dope. But um, why don't you kick it off, though? Why don't you kick it off? With All right, so... I'm going to publish my list, y'all. I have the list. I sent it to everybody. I've just been lazy. I'm going to put that jank on the KMC Instagram. But for me, and this might seem like an odd choice to y'all, considering like how how much high art content we talk about, but one of the most impactful uh, black movies for me is actually Boomerang. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Um, Not necessarily... um, an original idea of mine, but something that was sparked for me from the original iteration of the nod uh, for colored nerds. I will never tell these two niggas that went to Howard how much I admire them, but yeah, 
whatever. If I met them, I'd be like, wrong, ate you. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. They're, they're, they're good, though. They're great. So, um, but yeah. they did like a deep dive into Boomerang. Um, and the reason that that resonated with me so much is because when Boomerang came out, I was in middle school, yeah, maybe fifth, we fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. And, um, it never dawned on me watching Boomerang that seeing an entire, uh, co- like a huge cosmetics company and the entire executive office mm-hmm. full of black people. Well, it was an ad agency, right? No, they there was there was the marketing department Depo- of, okay, of a the, cosmetics company. Gotcha. I, I don't so, know why I thought it. And the thing agency. is, it was two black companies because they were merging. They it were was Sean Trust and Lady Eloise. Right. And like him walking into his office, the receptionist, all the people walking through like this this opulent, beautiful like corporate structure, yep. being black, dressed beautifully. Um, it's just like peak black excellence. Yep. And it never dawned on me as a child that like this is weird to see. Right. And I'm and like as an adult, like thinking back on that, I'm like, wow, that's really impactful. And I'm like, this must be what it's like to be white. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, just to see real. yourself and just like, okay, why would it be a big deal that yeah. this person is being portrayed this way, like we exist? Right. And and if I I haven't seen Boomerang in at least a decade, that's not even something that they even point out. Right. It's just no, it's it's, never the topic of conversation. Race only comes up twice in the movie. And it's a joke about um, Martin Lawrence's character, Tyler, being too woke. That's all it is. At the pool hall. Right. At the pool hall. No. Well, three times it comes up. Well, the first two of the times it's a joke. Mm-hmm. The first time it comes up is when he's like the waitress. And that's the other thing. All the white people in the movie, except for like the board from Paris, right? Mm-hmm. All the white people in the movie are like in these like menial jobs. That's <laughs> so, crazy. So like the waitress is a white woman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I ordered the duck. What comes with that? And she was like, ooh, it's good. It's asparagus spears. And he's like, Rachel, it would have been asparagus tips. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're Martin like, yo, stupid. something's wrong with you. And then there is one scene where they are all, and I appreciate him for leaving the scene. It feels a lot, a little bit like Isolops and Miracle at St. Anna, but I'm okay. not mad at it because it, it, it wasn't like nearly as dramatic. Gotcha. But you know, they're shopping. Um, and I think it was to point out that like, even when you're a successful black person who's articulate, like you still experience racism. Right. But they're in a store shopping and the the store clerk, also a white man, like, comes over and tells them how much a jacket costs, like, to discourage them from, like, touching it, I right. guess. Um, and they fuck with him in the store. Mm-hmm. But, like, other than that, I don't remember, like, race coming up at all. No, like, not that I remember either. Or just, like, white people being a factor in their lives for real. Right. But, like, you know, watching those scenes of them being in a boardroom completely filled with black people. Yeah. It's, you know, it, I had never given it a thought either until that that nod episode, mm-hmm. and, and I remember you you put me onto the nod. You put, and I think that was the episode that um, introduced me to them mm-hmm. and off of your recommendation. And I was blown. I was really floored by exactly what you're saying, the presentation of it. And I'm like, man, I never even considered that. But what's crazy is if you go back, coming to America is the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and so is Harlem Nights. So is Harlem Nights, yeah. and I just. Someone had to tell me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, coming to America was different because I think that was more about him showing you, like, no, African people are very rich and opulent and very capable. Right. Um, but even the African-Americans that he showed you in coming to America, he didn't make us whack. Like, right. he's a successful business owner and, like, you know, 
That was much. a good thing too. Um, someone creating their own destiny. And then, you know, in Harlem Nights, it's like, okay, well, people will tell you that we were fucked up back in the day. We yo, look, we was real smart and we was fly too. Yeah. So like Thanks. I really appreciate that level of pro blackness from Eddie, but I think Boomerang is the most impactful because it was a uh, a setting where like people can see themselves. I don't think people see themselves as like necessarily being an African prince. Right. Or and they obviously don't see themselves living back in Prohibition era. New York, but they can see themselves in corporate America right. flourishing and as capable. And I think it kind of like impacts the way you look at yourself when you have representation. And he didn't need, he was quiet about it though. He just did it. He just did it. And, 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 and put his money where his mouth is. I know Harlem Nights, he financed it. Mm-hmm. I would imagine he probably had a huge hand in financing Boomerang mm-hmm. uh, or at least lending, obviously lending his star power to get it financed. And then, and then, and that was what Reginald Hudlin was that the Hudlin yep, brothers? Yeah, Reginald Hudlin, I think, directed. But yeah, yeah. But the great thing about it was that like they were not even walking around acting like they were exceptional. This shit was just normal this to is them. Normal, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. So is that what gives it the sort of? Um, That's the rewatchability factor for me. Okay. So like when when you think about it from that lens, and then you go back and watch it, like it has a completely different feeling. Yeah. Yes, Marcus and Jacqueline are still fuckboys. But right, right. Um, when you when you think about the context of like... And then, too, like Angela going and teaching art to underprivileged children. Yeah. It was like, I don't... I'm, I'm not waiting for the white person. I'm going to go save us. Like, yes. it's important for me to like be in these kids' lives because I know, you know, what I'm capable of and I want them to see what I can do, too. Like, right. it was just dope. You just know, go, go back and watch it from a black power perspective and you your heart will just be full. Well. You know what's crazy is I, I have a cousin that's actually one of the kids in the, in the um, in the class. Yeah, that's funny. A, a, a very funny story. One of my cousins actually. You remember um, uh, the kid who the the Romeo, the guy who died, who got murdered. That was in um, he was in he was in the Cosby Show. He was in oh Merlin Santana. Yeah, Merlin Santana. So uh, for a very for a very small period of time, he used to live with this cousin that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, like so he probably was around like Brandon Jackson too, right? Maybe. Oh wow. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, this was like early in Merlin's career because I think his family immigrated here. If, he was Dominican. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they were living with him for a little bit of time. Oh wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, so he was like little boy. He was Stanley still. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very little. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a yep, young cousin. Uh, shout out to Nicholas, man. Um. But yeah, yeah, so dope. Boomerang for Leezy. All right, so what is it for you, Martin? What are we revisiting? Um, For me, it's a, well, a lot of people haven't seen it. It's called Spook Who Sat by the Door. Um, And it's a movie that came out in 73 based off a book in 69. And I love this movie because it is, like you said, it's about black power. The book was written like after the death of Martin Luther King, the death of Malcolm X, the rise of the Black Panthers. And it's basically about this... um, this black man, he goes to college, he graduates, then he joins the CIA, and he's basically joins as like a token. Mm-hmm. Like they just sit him in the front to show that the CIA isn't racist, but because he actually works for the CIA, they have to like teach him all their methods, like guerrilla warfare and tactics and stuff like that. So after that, he goes back to sh- home to Chicago and becomes a social worker, and he sees how all these gangs in Chicago are killing each other, and he ends up like uniting them and leading a revolution and like killing cops and stuff like that. It's kind of like Django towards the end. Wow. wow. Now yeah. I want to watch it. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> yeah. want to watch it. I've always heard it referred to yeah. via the book. You know, a lot a lot of people that I that I really follow their philosophy, they reference it a lot as one of those books you should read. 
Yeah. Yeah, same, but I never knew what it was about. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I definitely didn't know, like, blood, blood or street gangs. I, I didn't know it was that. Yeah. I thought it was all, like, uh, I always assumed it was, like, he put himself in a certain position to... I don't turn things around on the inside of the CIA. That's what I always assumed. No, was like no, that. it was more like the CIA was using him as like a token and he was using them to learn like their tactics, their tactics. and stuff like that. And it's, it's not that well shot because, but what's brilliant about it is like, when you think about how that movie came out and the time it came out, like I can't see anybody like, like anybody funded that. Yeah. And what happened is it was funded by black people. Really? I yeah. love it. Oh man, do, do, do we know who like was it, like feel, high profile? I forgot exactly who, but I think a lot of people like put together money. They of course people are angry and like we need to show something that's not just about us having big titties or being pimps or like right black exploitation stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like we need to show something that we're angry. We need to put something out there. And what's ironic is as soon as they put it out there, a lot of those a lot of those movies got shut down. A lot of those showings got shut down to where it was like extremely hard to find it. Like for wow. years, you could only find it on bootleg because wow. they just basically tried to erase that movie from existence. Yeah. But in 2012, it was added to like the National Film Registry. Nice. So that's, I mean, that's, I probably saw, saw it a little bit before, maybe before 2012, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it at the NARO or something like that. Okay. They probably had like a tape or a tape of it or whatever. So that's how I saw it. But, but it is kind of like, this amazing thing of like these people had a message that they wanted to get out and they funded it themselves and people literally tried to shut it down, but it found the light of day some type of way. That's crazy. And it, it really is like a, it's a movie, especially for black history. That is amazing. So I, so, but so it was independently distributed or was it through like a big, I think it was you, United artist artists distributed oh. it. Yeah. Because even when you talk about the book was written in 69, the film was made in 73. That's kind of a quick turnaround. Yeah, for it really writing. is. Right. And, you know, especially in that era for, for what the subject matter is. So that is very interesting. Now, like I have to go see it now. I have to yeah. watch that. Um, I'm sure that it doesn't sound like something that would be too much on a streaming service. Maybe Amazon. I Maybe Amazon. You yeah. might get it or something like that. That's, yeah, that's dope. Any any notable like actors or actresses in it for the time? Um, Lawrence Cook is like the main actor. I forgot most of the other people. I don't think there's a, like a lot of um, a lot of famous actors in it. It's directed by like Ivan Dixon, who I think was like the president of like Negro actors at the time. Damn. So, like, it's very enriched and, like, black people made this. It's like a forest bias type of thing. Oh, that's awesome. There's, yeah. There's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of gravity to that. Um, dope. So, the spook is set by the door. That's Martin's pick. Uh, mine's is probably not as, like, um, as uh, I, I, black noteworthy, even though it is. I mean, it's a, a, a black main character, you know, um, you know, black uh, woman of interest, um, co-stars black or people of color, but um, uh, Last Dragon for me, man. That was always one of my favorite films growing up. It's still one of my favorites, and it's one that I will watch every time it comes on television. Every single time, man. I try to, like, like I, I've had so many discussions about The Last Dragon and how deep it really is. You know what I'm saying, and like, and, and and I always find it like um, everybody doesn't look at it the same way. You know, they just look at it for the martial arts value, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. Just yeah, the story that's the, itself. That's the thing about like I like the Last Dragon. Of course, it's a classic movie, but I think when I saw it, I'd seen so many like great 
like martial arts stars and martial arts movies that by the time I saw The Last Dragon, I was like, this isn't this isn't necessarily cheesy, but it's it's cheesy. It's okay. I, yeah. I never watched it for the martial arts portion of it. I just was like, ooh, it's a black movie and it it has these people in it and it it was just fun. It was a fun movie for me. Yeah. And as an adult, like again, like everything else, it's taken on another meaning for me yeah. in terms of like what's going on in the neighborhood, who's terrorizing you. Right. Who who are you? Who's perceiving you? How you are? Who's your hero? Who's an unlikely hero? Those kinds of things. That like, too, but even just down to like, um, with the whole the whole. You know, for me, I always attach myself to Bruce Leroy. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, he was just he was Richie just a, was way cooler than Bruce. Richie was the man. <laughs> he he was yeah. He represented probably more of what you know the cool urban urban city kid. You know. Um, but he wasn't cool either. That's what made it funny, though. <laughs> well, he was cooler than it was Leroy, but he thought of himself as being like that guy. But right, he really right. wasn't. He really wasn't, man. Um, but yeah, but so I attached myself to Bruce Leroy. But even just like the whole thing, you know, the whole beginning sequence, mm-hmm. you know, of him like his, you know, his master, quote unquote, realizing that like he had kind of surpassed a certain level. And and sends him out on this journey to find himself. his next master, yeah. which he's really finding himself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then in finding himself, he found love. Mm-hmm. You know, the part that like, um, um, you know, that, that you kind of escape. And I feel like it's a very good principle. It's like, you know, if you, you know, in order to be a value to somebody else, you kind of got to know who you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, and be confident in who you are. Because a lot of relationship depends in confidence, you know, if you don't have it. You know, you out, you know, trying to see if you still got it and you out smashing other junks or whatever. You know, it's a lot of that. A lot of that is because you're not confident because you don't have a certain type of um, um, just regard for self, I guess. You know what I mean? Knowing who you are. So uh, so for me, it's that, you know, like his parents were the pizza, you know, the pizza, the pizza joint owners. They were entrepreneurs. They were entrepreneurs. Um, at, you know, even his love interest, Vanity, you know. It's the like most she, beautiful woman that was sought after was black. Come on, man. She was <laughs> she was bad, man. I think she was a lot of dudes' first crush, especially back in the 80s, man. Gotta be. Uh, her and Lisa Bonet. Uh, but, um, uh, and then, you know, Shonuff, of course. Every, Shonuff is probably like the most recognizable character that kind of came out of that situation yeah um, uh, he's he's like a very beloved villain i was he is man he was cool you know i mean you only just you, you just didn't like him because you had to pick a side between him and bruce leroy but he was he was definitely the most quotable yeah you know he made the screen light up when he got up on that junk you know what i'm saying like but he also had the glow he had the glow, bro. He had swag. That's yeah. what the glow was. The glow was the swag. <laughs> and, and Bruce Leroy sucked it right out of his hand. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> With a bunch of people. You know. It um, was Palpatines, both of them. Yeah. Oh, so that goes that, over my head, it right? It does. Do you yeah. get the joke? They were Palpatines? With no. the light in their hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. My joke didn't land. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, like Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Star yeah, Wars and everything. Oh, it's over my head there. So for me, it's uh, Last Dragon. Last Dragon would be my, uh, if you haven't watched it, jump on the streaming service and try to find it. You may not get it if now, you weren't, you know, not watching. did you see Last Dragon before or after Buster made all those? Oh, way before. <laughs> way before. Yeah, way before. I saw yeah. I saw Last Dragon probably like 88, 89. Same. I was about that age. Yeah. I was, I was watching Breaking 2 in Last Dragon. Like, that's what was happening in my life around that time. And not to mention, not to mention, Barry Gordy. Uh, and you know Barry Gordy and Motown put up the money for it. Um, it's Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. Yeah, and Michael Schultz directed it. He's a he's a black director. Um, and I, I'd actually watched. Um, I don't know if it was an interview or I watched it with a talk track. 
you know how in it, they like in the dancing scenes how they inside of all. Uh, what was it? Uh, seven, not Seventh Heaven. What do they call it? It was called, yeah, Seventh Heaven. It was called Seventh Heaven, right? Yeah. You like how the the dance stage had the big TV projection, mm-hmm. and you know that's where I learned DeBar's uh, Rhythm of the Night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were signed to Motown, also. Right. So that technology was new. It's oh. something we don't think about, but at the time, you know, Michael Schultz talks about how it was kind of difficult shooting that because the technology was very, very, very new, of like having this these big, huge like. You know, they weren't LED at the time, but just big, huge television walls that projected what you were shooting at that moment. Mm-hmm. It was just it, it caused a lot of logistical errors. Interesting. Lot, lot, yeah. It's just something you don't think about, you know, filmmaking in the 80s. Um, but yeah, man, that's one of those movies that you would think it would turn out like Rocky Horror, a Rocky Horror Picture Show, where it's like people it would have screenings where black people just show up and. Yeah, but you know what? I think if the narrow did uh did and they should have done it this month, but uh, we should be talking to them. I think if the narrow did the last dragon and they publicized it, it yeah. people would go. Okay. People de- like me and Jesse when we went to see Clue, we had to sit up in the damn balcony. Yeah. I, I think that if we and I think honestly, I think white people would go see it. Yeah. So I don't. That's I don't know how many white people actually saw Last Dragon though. I don't think it was like beloved in the white. Community. I've been standing in the line for the narrow on um, Flick It Friday, going, man, I wish they would show the Last Dragon. Every white person around me is like, dope. That would really? be so awesome. I mean, but they're they're white people in line at the narrow. Okay. (laughs) But that's who you want to come to the narrow to watch it. Well, for sure. mm -hmm. Because there's so many, like, there's a lot of black people that haven't seen it. Like, my wife hadn't seen Last Dragon before we got married. I had to introduce her to that and Back to the Future. She hadn't seen either one of them. Yeah, I don't, she, well, she lived in Italy for a good portion of her childhood. Like, so, you know, her early childhood. I'm making many faces over here. (laughs) So, so, I mean, that was her excuse, but, um, but even still, like I don't think that your wife is representative of many black people. But yeah, <laughs> having yeah, lived in not, Italy, like yeah. she does get a pass. Well, her and Kobe, rest in peace. You know, yeah, so I'm sure Kobe saw the Last Dragon though. Yeah, eventually in the <laughs> '90s, you know, because that's the other that's the other thing you run into is people that see it kind of after the time has passed, and they're just like, oh, I don't get it. I don't get why this is so special. Um, which they don't have the nostalgia. They just it. don't have the nostalgia for it, man. And uh, it is what it is. Uh, so cool, man. Uh, well, and, and, you know, Last Dragon's about black love, so I guess that's a perfect way to segue into the photograph. Oh, the mm-hmm. photograph. Yeah. What, what does uh, the photograph mean to you, Fleezy? I had many, many warm fuzzies about going to see this movie. Okay. Many, many, many. And the trailers just made Issa Rae look like... I've always thought Issa Rae was cute. I had no idea... That she had that much bad bitch potential. Dog. I was <laughs> what I tell you, Martin, I was like, yo, Issa yeah. Rae was fine in this, bro. Like it, it, it seemed like every scene they went a, a, an extra step to light her a little bit better than everybody else in every in, in every scene in this film. Um her light, like, either that or her skin is just like completely flawless. I think she, she had an amazing it. makeup. Yeah. She does have pretty skin, but she, like yeah. I think she like you said, is lighting and Probably some makeup, but I had no idea she had this much bad bitch potential, and I was just like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! And you know, the opulence of black beauty being highlighted is not something I'm ever going to skip. Right. So I was, oh, I'm all in for this. And then yeah. I saw it. And then you saw it. <laughs> so I'm, saw I'm it. assuming that it, it fell a little flat for you. That's not the word I would use. I've been telling people that when they ask me how I feel about it, I would encourage everyone to see it. Please do. 
I would encourage everyone to see it. I, I look, Skills put up a uh, Skills put up a uh, uh, an Instagram story the other day. He was like, "Yo, uh, has anybody seen the photograph?" I'm thinking about seeing it, but I haven't heard nothing. He put the little emoji with the hand. Yeah, the thinking That's like emoji. thinking hand. I had to DM that fool, man. I was like, listen, if you don't like it, don't say shit. Like, you know, because of Queen and Slim. So <laughs> he here's, went, he here's, went on rant. here's my thought, because I hadn't even thought about him. Uh-huh. Shout out to Skill. Everything that he wanted out of Queen and Slim, he would get out of this movie. Oh, uh, to some degree, yes. He wasn't going to get no, there's no struggle love in this movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. I I don't think that's what he wanted out of Queen and Slim. He no struggle. Happy love. He wanted a happy ending. He, that's you know. But he wanted to see black people ride off into the sunset. He'd fucking get that in this movie. Yes, he would get. But this is but the presentation of it's way different. There's no real. There's never no real friction in this movie. Let's just be like. Let's just call. That's it what. what it is. That's okay. We'll get there. But okay. That yeah. that is part of my issue with the movie is that. Um. However. It is be it's beautiful to watch. Very beautiful to watch. Um, I think it's very well. It's just pretty well written. Um, in terms of just like the characters feeling good, feeling the story, I, the story, like the character development within this. It's not poorly written. It's not poorly so the written. the dialogue that's there is not crazy or over the top or unrealistic. Right. It's it's well acted. My issue is that the story is not deep enough. There you go. It's not a deep story, but it's not a bad story. Right. It's just yeah. I feel very lukewarm about it. Okay. So that's 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 what I was trying to pull out of you. Lizzy feels lukewarm. We just it's just good to have that perspective for the rest of the conversation, I guess. Is yes. The fact that you feel lukewarm. I feel about lukewarm this. about it. I want and that's what I've been saying to people. I've been like, go see it. I encourage you to go see it. I feel lukewarm about it. I will not say why your ass is gonna have to listen to my podcast. Gotcha. Okay, good tactic. That's a good strategy. Um, um. Well, I guess since we're here with that, let's, Martin. What do you feel about? Um, I think with the mothers. If you say you like this shit, I'm gonna throw something at you. No, no, that'd be crazy. <laughs> no, with the with the mother's storyline, I think I feel a lot more warm towards it. I think with Issa and um, Issa and Lakeith, it's I feel a lot more cold toward. I don't. Really I feel like a much. lot of people felt that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was straightforward. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I walked into it thinking that I, that I was going to need a notepad and some like, all right, I'm ready to take some real nutrients out of this thing. Um, and it was just, it was, it was just a very straightforward cuisine, man. Like there was, there was nothing to it. Um, you know, I said, if the problems that they're having, are if this is a real arc of real people that really exist that only have this problem, this Their is, lives are this pretty is fucking a utopia. <laughs> yeah, this is like amazing. Um, you know, but I, I found myself just getting invested. I, I told Martin before before we you know off mic. I said if this mo- if if Lakeith and Issa weren't the leads here, I probably wouldn't have liked this film. It, it, I probably it probably there'd be no point in me even talking about if Lakeith if Lakeith. And Issa were not the leads in this film. It would be a Netflix movie that's buried somewhere. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and and I I think that's the moral of it that it wa- that I walked out of. Um, I I people were very excited about this when I'm looking at the cast of this. Like, mm-hmm. um, Elon, I think his last name's Noel Daniel from Insecure. Yeah. Him being cast with Issa is not really strange to me. Um, and the woman playing her mother, I've never seen her before. And She's if I have, Roxanne, Roxanne. That's the same girl. She killed it. She's good. Fuck. She's good. See, I didn't even recognize her, and you're right. That's the mark of like 
I didn't even realize I'd seen you before. Yeah, she's um, she's pretty too. Calvin Harrison's in this movie. Jasmine Cephas Jones is in this movie, and the only light skinned person. I'm not mad. I'm actually very <laughs> happy. There are very few light skinned people. Huh. Tiana Paris is in this. Yes. Like Lil Rel. People wanted to be a part of this very badly. Right. You got Courtney Vance, like. Well, yeah. I wonder is is that more of a testament to Will Packer because this is a Will Packer film, a Will Packer production. I don't know that it's a testament to Will Packer so much as I think that it's a love story that people want to be a part of. Like, I think I think black representation is definitely important, and this movie should exist. It even even with it being me feeling lukewarm, like white people get to make lukewarm love stories all the time. Sure. Like, it, this is fine. So, but but what I guess what I'm saying is you get this script. You read this script. N- nothing there. Nobody had to really stretch themselves as an actor here. Not at all. So, so if you're a professional actor, what's the appeal of this script other than it's just a good love story? I'm thinking maybe it's some shit they cut out. I don't know. Like I don't know what ended up on the editing room floor, but I feel like it had to be more than what we saw. <sighs> Anything that ended up on the editing room is probably just more of the same. You know, um, so I don't know. I I don't feel like I know enough about these characters, though. Like, I don't know enough about them to. Well, like like Martin was saying, I don't know enough about Issa and Lakeith to care about them for real. Um, their backstories or them as people, you mean? Them as characters. characters. I don't know okay. enough about them. I cared. I cared about Issa only because I wanted to know how she was affected by, um, how she was affected by the unfolding. Of like what we're seeing in retrospect for her mother. Okay. But I that I wanted to know her backstory more than like I cared about what was going on with her and Lakeith. And I cared about Lakeith way more than I cared about her. Very much so. Very much so. Um so okay. Let, let's let's go here with it then. Um so just as a quick synopsis for I I'm a, if you know, there's a spoiler alert at the beginning of every episode. So let's I hope you watch the film. Uh, before you dived into this, but in, in the far chance that you didn't, we are going to spoil the film. Um, uh, now. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. This thing opens up with Lakeith. I guess he's writing an article, right? Writing an article centered around this guy. Uh, yeah, because there was an oil spill, and I guess he's look, looking into that. Right. Because he's a fisherman. Yeah. Okay, so he's the backdrop for this article about the oil spill and Katrina. It sounded like he kind of threw it. It's post-Katrina, fishermen trying to get themselves back together, and then there's an oil spill, which actually happened. That's Yeah, that's a real thing that happened. Um, And then in the course of that, he ends up finding about out about the photographer of this photo and sort of that there's a a love story going on between him and this, you know, um, well— the character that he was interviewing, he gets invested into this love story, and then he just happens to run into Issa, or did he seek her no, out? No, he, saw, he sought that. her out. He okay. he was actually like wanting to know about Christina Eames, right? And he, um, I think he was intrigued, but I don't really think he had any intention of taking that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then Kelvin Harrison's uh, character was saying he wanted to be a writer, and he was like, "Well, if you want to pitch something, like here's something interesting that I found." And when he found out, like, that there was um, going to be uh, a showing um, of the, the film that had his mother in it, then had her, had, had Issa's her mother, mother in yeah. it, he, um, he like, went and researched right. her. So, yeah. And so, and the, so that's where it is. That's where he meets Issa, and then he gets uh, pretty So he was very intentional about seeking her out, though. Right. And, and then her story is she found that she got the letter from her, mother, her deceased mother. 
mm-hmm. um, that pretty much was, uh, I mean, my interpretation, just uh, everything that I couldn't say to you while I was alive sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now that my life was cut a little short, uh, I feel like I owe you this, um, this, you know, love in a, in love on a on a sheet of on a sheet of paper. Um, I mean, the overarching theme of the movie is to break cycles um, because they none of them were good at goodbyes. Right. Um, her mother wasn't good at goodbyes. Her mother's mother wasn't good at goodbyes, and so right there was an opportunity for her to avoid an unnecessary goodbye. So she went and did that. Right. Which so it's very on the nose. Well, <laughs> you know what though. In her, what I found myself asking myself was, within this letter, did she find out more about herself or more about how to deal with somebody that is like, how to understand somebody that is like her mother, which was Lakeith? Hmm. I don't know. I think she just had a, a, a huge paradigm shift. I think, I think that the letter served both purposes. She seemed to want to know more to know more about herself mm-hmm. after reading the letter. Right. Well, okay, Very, that's fair. Because um, she went, she went to. I mean, spoiler alert. This is the story of the the what the mother reveals to her in the letters that um, who her birth father is. And right. It ends up being this man that Lakeith felt. So it's it's very uh, found. It's very interesting that like this man. She thought she was getting a man, but then he's giving her like the story of herself. Yes. I mean. But I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to like lead me there. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't. I mean, it, I don't because if because you, you talk about it like that, it sounds like so profound and moving. But well, you just don't feel that. Yeah, when you're you sitting there. See, that's to me. It had the potential to be, which even though it's kind of. But I don't right? know what These, I would have added to the movie to get there. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know, man. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's it's hard because I I don't think. I think on one one part of me thinks that I'm thinking too much about it, and then mm-hmm. the other part of me thinks is like, no, I think this is what they were trying to do, and it just didn't come across that way. But to me, what I found myself saying was that Issa May was more like her father, and 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 what you call it was more like her mother, mm-hmm. and you know that there's a part where um, when Lakeith was interviewing her father, he said, you know what would you have done differently? He was like, I would have went after her. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of see this is what Issa did. You know, she kind of, she set up that thing for him to see Kendrick Lamar at the Hammerstein or wherever that was. And then, you know, it's like she went after him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, that's where I was like, oh, okay. May seems to be more like her father. She's mm-hmm. complacent in her job. She doesn't really want to leave New York, even though she was like, maybe we should move down here. She's very, you know, she likes the peaceful like, she's just a very, like, I like my life a certain way type person. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, like, Lakeith is like, yo, I got to shake it up, man. I got to go to fucking London, and I don't know why. Like She wasn't a risk taker. Yeah. You're right. She was just like her dad. Yeah. Um, well, she was just dealing with the death of her mother, like, maybe a month ago. So I think she she she's not really going to be into, like, a lot of changes. Like, she's still in some way mourning. In some way, she's like trying to get herself together so it wouldn't really make sense for her to go to London or make any rash decisions or anything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We don't know enough about Issa yeah. to know. Yeah, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah. And then the other thing I didn't get is I didn't get the sense of time or how much time her it, 
it was before her mother passed. Like it had been relatively recently because she went to a safety deposit box to get that out. To get that note out, right? But then, but but the, from the safe from the moment of the safety deposit box to the moment that she got the news that he was leaving for London, how much time had that been? I think a month because. She told her father that her mom died a month ago, and that's when she's in New Orleans. Right. So I didn't feel that. I didn't feel the progression of anything the, over a month time. Um. Which, I mean, yeah. is a moot criticism. Like, it doesn't matter. No, time felt very strange in this movie to me because realistically, like, why would they be in love with each other? They hung out, like, Well, I will say (laughs) this to me was a huge plus. And this is to me why. Okay, so the number one question that I found myself asking, like probably about like 20 minutes into the movie, I said, I wonder what made them pick Lakeith for the main man here. Because it's like he's not. I mean, this is where I need a woman's perspective. Is Lakeith like, do you consider him uh, an attractive, like that way, sort of like leading man attractive? Or like leading man. Yes, presence. but I have I have two cheat codes, so okay. I'm not going to speak for everyone. Every woman that I know that has seen this movie who is attracted to black men was like, "God damn, he's sexy in this movie." Wow. But I also saw him in Someone Great, and he he was um, the male lead in the movie, even though he didn't have like a whole lot of uh, screen time. Right. And in that movie, he plays uh, Gina Rodriguez's ex boyfriend, and in that movie, he is very much like someone. That I'd be attracted to in real life, and in this movie too. What movie um, was that again? Someone great. Don't Someone watch great. it. It's okay. not. Well, you might want to. Dewanda Wise is in it. Oh um, yeah, I'm watching. It's Sorry. a chick flick, but go for it. Yeah. Um, well, that's like, my bag, chick flicks. All right, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Sit down, all sit right. down with your wife, with your wifey, with and, watch wifey. <laughs> and watch it. And watch it. She probably will enjoy it. Um, okay. That lit, Lizzo's um, truth hurts like blew up after that movie came out too. Ah, okay. Um, so anyway. And you made me, oh, look, well, Keith, you made yeah. me lose my train of thought talking about niggas. Um, so, <laughs> so look at her, um, folks, look at her. I find Lakeith sexy, not so much because of what he looks like. Mm-hmm. I like his brand of confidence. Yes. Um, he seems very comfortable in his own skin. Yes. He rides for black women yes. in real life. And like, he's just, Lakeith is just, he he's very sexy. He oozes sex appeal. But like Really? Okay. That's yeah, that's interesting he to hear as a man. He don't give a fuck. Right. Like Martin, would you have attributed that? Would you like would uh, you have thought sex appeal? Yeah. Um I mean he, he's a he nigga. Has Why are you asking him? Yeah, he has <laughs> you know. He has presence. Yeah, he has he definitely has presence. Um, especially watching Atlanta. It's like whenever there's a scene between like I guess Paperboy, Earl, and him, it's like you're kind of looking at what he's doing because he's just doing something in his own world, doing something crazy. Like I always want to really know care. what Darius is going to do. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's different. A presence is different from sex appeal. He's Dar- Darius is not sexy. Darius is intriguing. Right. That's yeah. not the same thing. That's Le- what I'm saying. Lakeith. Lakeith, okay. Is a weirdo and is very endear. He doesn't like to be called a weirdo, but like okay. you know what did it for me? It was a video of him. He was just fucking standing in the hallway dancing to "You Can Get a Taste," and I, I like and like he's just fucking dancing. He's just vibing out like nigga, I'm here, I'm sexy, whatever. And I was right. like, yes, you are. Wow. I love you. Interesting. So like, like Keith is just really being comfortable and confident, like in your own skin, like it's very sexy. It's very sexy. and that's what gotcha. he has it in a way that like. 
it's not over the top, like, I'm just completely, like, Tyler, the creator, weird. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a real nigga. I'm a weird nigga, too, but you're going to love me. Yeah. So, yeah. But that, in this movie, he's playing a straight man, but he still is... That character is, like, still very endearing. He's mm-hmm. saying all the right things, but they feel sincere and in earnest. Yes. So I don't... I don't know. That's I think, that's endearing. I think okay. it works for this movie because they're both... Like, they both have, like... I guess irregular personalities. Like, of course, equal. I mean, Issa is like kind of awkward sometimes. Yeah, and like the way girl. she talks, and he, he definitely has like a, a different way of like talking to people, of like his presence, of how he moves in a room and stuff like that. To where, he's very interesting, but he's not like a type like Morris Chestnut or no. Like, he's not, like, the prototypical, like, leading black man in a romance movie type of thing. Right. It, he ain't fine. He's sexy, and that's not the same thing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> now, okay, yeah. that helped me understand it a lot better now. Yeah, he's that's, he ain't fine. Be, because, because... He can't... He cannot... He can, he can stand next to, to Morris Chestnut, but he... Well, not Morris now, but, like, like best man Morris. Right. He can stand next to Morris, but, like, he probably shouldn't. Like, best man yeah. Morris, fucking Tate Diggs... Stood Take next that, to him yeah. and looked two feet tall. Like, yeah. you, nah. But them niggas fine. Right. He's sexy. It's He's different. Sexy. <laughs> See, because, all right, so as a man, like, I find Lakeith is very, like, he he's the type of dude I can hang out with mm-hmm. for sure. You know, um, his sense of humor, you could just tell it's there. Well, so, I, so, you know, just a kind of quick peripheral story. Like, I, so I, I, I was... I went to Brooklyn one time and was standing. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but he was standing in the same hotel. Okay. And um, matter of fact, me and Schaefer, shout out to Christopher Schaefer, we were we were standing in a hotel in Brooklyn, and we had just come back from this pizza joint, and we came up to our floor. It was like I don't know, let's just say it was like the sixth floor, and we're getting off the elevator, and Lakeith is getting on. Oh wow! And, and this is like right after maybe like the first two episodes of Atlanta. And I had known I had known his face from other things. I like can't short remember. Short term twelve, and I never seen short term twelve, but should. I knew it, I knew it from like um I can't uh, from straight out of Compton, and there was something else that I had seen. So I knew who he was, but I couldn't remember his name. So I was like uh, Atlanta. He was like, "Hey, what's up?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, just kind of quick little small talk. And um, I asked him to take a picture. I was like, "Yo, take this picture." I usually don't ask to take pictures, but let me get this picture with you. And this was so funny to me. And this this made me realize, I was like, I like this nigga, man, a lot, bro. Like, I told you, he was getting on the elevator. But I'm talking to him in the hallway. And he goes to take the picture, but the elevator starts to close. So he, like, stretches his leg out to keep the elevator open. <laughs> and he takes the picture with me. And I was like, I'll fuck with you. He was like, yeah, I couldn't let that go, bro. Like, yeah. So, so from that moment on, I was just like, I just, that's who he is to me. It's like, um... He he could be a real nigga and still kind of like have this air of vulnerability, to where it's like you're just gonna connect to him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So um, he just he seems like a real person. Yeah, and, and so I, I found He's myself very likable, very likable man. Like you know, I he, I rooted for him a lot in this film, but that was my main question. I said I wonder why they chose to 
you know, make Lakeith the starring man in a film like this, you know. Um, it, I mean, it works, though. It at, People like, pe- pe- like, just how we feel about him and Issa, like, yeah. I think black people at large, like, are feel very, like that about feel like, like, I, they, They're beloved. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a phrase I steal from Amanda Seals, like, when she was talking about Jeffrey Owens. He was, she was like, I told y'all somebody was going to come help Jeffrey. Jeffrey is beloved. He's beloved. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, but but is, um, that, is that a, would you consider that a conventional choice, Lakeith? In terms of like handsomeness of a leading man, not necessarily, well, but I think for the target audience for the film, it works. Well, would, okay, so just putting on your film financier hat, forget the target audience. Do you think about him in terms of returning your dollars? For your target audience, yeah. You think people are coming out for Lakeith like that? I think people are seeing this movie for Lakeith and Issa, yes. Okay, I'm a testament to that. Yeah, so I am, am I. That's okay. why I'm fucking here. Because I, I definitely didn't remember Roxanne Shantae's ass. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and I like Elon Noel, but I have yet to see the first purge. Like, I'm not right. I'm I'm show I'm showing up for Issa and Lakeith. So I'm pulling up IMDb. And Tiana right Paris now. was a nice little little Come side on, dessert. Dog. But know, that's Martin's little thing, right? Yeah. Martin loves nah, Tiana Paris. She's Tiana fine. Paris. We yeah. know she. See, this is the thing though. That's why Issa looking as fine as she did in this movie was everything. Because we know Tiana fine. Right. Like, Tiana fine every damn day. Right. Tiana fine with no makeup on. Tiana's bad. And it's like, look how fine Issa is. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Issa shocked me. Like I was like insecure. I was I was getting turned around on insecure. Like yo, okay. she's not sexy on that show. She's cute. She's cute, right? Right. But yeah, this this for me took it to another level. So I'm looking. I'm 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 looking at the box office numbers right now. Mm-hmm. It didn't do good. Budget about sixteen million. Um, as it sits right now, the worldwide gross for this film was eighteen million, and that's yeah. after two weekends. Yeah, that's not good. It didn't do great, but I don't. I don't think that the film not doing good is because of the casting. I think that the people who did go see the film are seeing it because of the casting. I think the film did not do good because I love black people. I really love y'all, but y'all sometimes are counterproductive to the culture. And talk about it. The first thing I saw was, it like, I know that there are people who care about my opinion of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that some people, once they hear that someone doesn't like something, they just go, oh, it sucks, and they don't give it a chance. Okay. And I didn't want to be the person going, meh, so that other people wouldn't give it a chance. Right. Okay. So, I just was like, I'm not, I'm going to save it for, I've, and I, like I said, I still encourage people to say, I don't want to discourage people from seeing a movie. Right. And so so that's why you want to take it light on it? Yeah, that's why That's why I didn't like, I want to take it light on it because this, this movie deserves to be seen. It's not something that I'm like, oh, this is bullshit, don't watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel that, I feel very, I, I feel I don't. I feel very few movies that I'm just like, don't watch that fuck shit. I don't watch the turning. That shit is fuckery. Um, but <laughs> right. <laughs> don't don't waste your time. Well, well I don't think I don't, I, I don't think an opinion at this stage in the game is really going to change. Oh, the, I don't think so either. I think anybody who is listening to this conversation probably has already seen the movie or will go. Well, I mean, at this point, it's ruined for them. But they're not. So they're not going to go see it either way. Right. They maybe care about it, but I just think that like. Social media has ruined that kind of thing. It's taken some of the mystery away. And so, like, you can't do that, brothers and sisters. If you want to see more black representation, like, these films have to get funded. So if you don't like something, that isn't your cue to tell everybody your opinion just because you fucking have it. Like, sometimes you're like, 
hurting things. I don't I don't like that. I, I mean, Will Packer's going to keep making movies. Yeah. But like Shout out to Will Packer. He can't we can't be shitting on everything in the meantime and and expect like the propensity for that to continue to happen. I agree. Yeah, like that I just don't but black people made a thing and it's beautiful and I like whether or not it's good like isn't as important as that it should continue to exist. Sure. But you're bringing up something that I, I'm not privy to. So is is social media reacting to react, reacting to the photograph negatively? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen anything on social media about. It. I almost forgot the film came out. How about you, Martin? Have, have you seen Facebook? Well, if you're you not were, on Facebook oh, a lot. Facebook. You won't see yeah, it. Yeah. You were like hyping it up for a long time, so I didn't check any like any. I just wanted to go in clean slate, so I didn't check any like reviews or anybody's opinion on. I it. didn't either. Mm, yeah. Okay, so what is Facebook? So what are they saying about it? Fill me in. Like, I, and I get pissed off, y'all. Like, I, I'm gonna unfollow a shit ton of y'all. Like, if y'all keep this shit up, if you mm-hmm. go see a movie and you don't fucking like it, like, don't tell me the night that it came out that it sucks. You're a fucker if you yeah. do that. Like, let me go see it. Right, but what are, what are they saying specifically? Though? They were just like, that movie fucking sucks. Don't waste your time. And I was like, it's not a good movie. And then I saw some people who I feel like were hyping it in the other direction. And I was like, chill out. Okay. They were like, it's so good. And then when I was just like, I'm confused now. This is why I don't like to listen to you mm-hmm. people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, when I walked into it, I walked out of it feeling lukewarm about it. Like I said, I didn't think it was a great movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. It didn't deserve a this is amazing. And it also didn't deserve a this sucks. Yeah, it was it was just straightforward. It was just a good, good, quick little Valentine's Day. If you want to like feel, feel good about. Fuzzy. Yeah, if you want to feel good about the person you came with or something like go that. Go see some know? romantic shit and go home and get it in. Like, mm. that's what that is. Yeah. Now. The love scenes in this movie were trash. I think way? they were specifically designed not to sexualize women. Like they were not sexy. Yeah, I know. I think you can I think you can have a sexy love scene without sexualizing over sexualizing women. Yeah. Well, this so felt too. like a fucking movie, a made for TV movie on channel like on ABC. Like well, I was just like, well, this is not steamy enough. Yeah, well, I think they, I think, I mean, they, it's a PG 13 rating, right? I think they just wanted, I think they were going for family movies. So you wouldn't, you don't, that's not, because it, as it sits right now, this is something you could take your daughter to. I mean, you, you I could, but like, okay, one of two things needed to happen. They either needed to have like a more passionate love scene in both cases to convey like how much these people liked each other. So, okay, let me stop you there real quick. I got passion out of the Lakeith and, and Issa's one. I got I, passion out of the mother and the uh, Elon Noel yeah. one. I got, I got passion out of both of them. However, the sense of urgency with Lakeith and Issa was not there for me because it's like, he came to this opening. We went to dinner once. He came over in the storm, and now I'm in love. You've seen this nigga exactly three times. Right. And well, Was she in love by then? Did we know she was in love by the time they started beating? She he fucking... Smashed on, he smashed on, on Tornado was night. really happy to see him at her daddy house. <laughs> so okay. After seeing him three times. But, but, and was like, we yeah. should move here after seeing him three times. Yeah. Like, it just felt very rushed in that way. So I, so with the level of, uh, the level of uh, hamper that they put on the love scene with how steamy it is, mm-hmm. I needed something else to convey, like, her level of, of interest in this man. 
Um, so I would have either had liked to see them spend more time together mm-hmm. or for the love scene to be like, oh, he's digging her down. I get it. So, but you understand what I'm saying? I like, get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah for the I, progression. Yeah. So that was my only concern with that. But I also like when they like, because it was just them kissing in the restaurant. It was all very sexy. And then they had sex and I was like, womp. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, I mean. It can. I mean, I don't know. It works and it could have still been PG thirteen with a lot of like not actual humping, like yeah, laying can... up and rubbing on each other and cuddling and shit. Like, yeah. you know, I I thought the scene where like the mother um and her mother and Elon Noel's characters was like uh, Christina and what's his name Isaac, mm-hmm. where they were like just laying down on the ground fucking talking to each other was incredibly sexy. Right. Oh. Like, okay. you know, just showing the level of connection and 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 between two people to me like goes a long way. Well, so that uh, to me that was the scene where they were walking in the street after the storm. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what that was. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like I guess each journey kind of had a mirrored experience. Sure. Um, you know, for the modern day. With the gender flip. And, and yeah, and and obviously, you know, the 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 modern day setting is New York. That's a little bit more busy, a little bit more robust than, you know, Baton Rouge or wherever they're at where there's open land and it's just them. You know what I'm saying? Um it's kind of what I took from that as well. You know, the so let me say this. The chemistry was all the way there. Yeah. You know, I like like them as a couple, I, I felt, you know, I, I understand why there would be that thorough of a connection so fast. They just seemed like they were very compatible in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just the fact that he was interested in her mother, like, that's a whole nother layer. That's a whole nother layer. And it had built this relationship he with her father. He didn't focus the conversation on her mother either. He was interested in her. Like, he, that was his introduction to her. Like, it right. was really cool that he was, like, somewhat of a renaissance man, but he didn't make her curio- his curiosity about her mother, like, the focus of their relationship. He, he didn't, but it was... He did a but, great job of balancing that, I thought. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I'm not I'm not saying that to contradict you. I'm saying, saying that I thought that that was dope. Yeah. Um... So, the, so, so to me, their connection, them falling in love pretty fast, wasn't super weird to me. Okay. Um, because that's what it seemed like. That's what they kind of. That's what Lil Rel had sort of pitted his character to be. Like, you know, you be falling in love hella fast. You know, this is just kind of a routine for you, sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? And for him to basically be like, "No, nah, this is a little different." You know, I, I kind of got that. You know, I didn't having not. Seeing the relationship with him and the previous girl, I forget her name. Um, she, uh, Naomi or some shit, but she never showed up. Yeah, she never showed up, which. I didn't this year. Um, uh, Tessa. Tessa. Tessa, there you go. I, why did I get called a bitch Naomi? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Naomi is. I thought she would show up at some point. Yeah, just which. Because they said her name so much. Like, what, was that a missed opportunity in the writing? No. You don't think I, so? I expected it to happen. I expected it to, when I, but I don't think that they. I expected Kendrick to show up too. Yeah, low key. As much yeah. as they talked about him, um, well, why wasn't there any friction in this film? Like, what was the what was the <laughs> climax of this film? I think that they. That, I think that that's that, so. Okay, it was anticlimactic. Yeah, completely. Um, and I'm glad you were wrong. Treasy had previously predicted that like Lakeith Stanfield's father was in love with Issa Rae's mother and, like, had me all pissed off because I thought he spoiled the movie for yeah. me. I was very glad that he didn't. And I'm glad that I was wrong. 
I'm glad yeah, that I was wrong. I was like, one, then, and five minutes into the movie, I was texting him like, nigga, he was wrong. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, which I'm glad. But, um... Because to me, that's where this movie fell flat, is that there was never any real conflict. I would have liked to have seen this scene, like some play up between the woman that was interested in Elon Noel's character um, that he that he ends up marrying. Um, yes. I would have liked to have seen like friction between her and Christina. That would have driven home like how much more it would have hurt. Cause, and then him being like, I ain't thinking about it, bitch, whatever. And then like seeing that he's married to her, like would have driven home, I think, more hurt than just kind of seeing her off in the distance and them holding hands and shit, which right. I would never. What? Track a nigga down? I don't want to see that. That would break me. That would break you? Yes. Mm. I have been on the other side of that where someone's ex was like peering in on me, chilling with them. And I, my heart was breaking for her. I was like, bitch, you got to be over there sick. Right. <laughs> we, over, <laughs> we over here. Like, I didn't see her, but like two seconds before I saw her, we over here fucking singing in each other's face and making out in the middle of the goddamn bar. Oh, wow. And I look up and see her and I'm like, like this has to suck Ooh. for you. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. I didn't play up the mood. Like I didn't, I didn't like give her a show or anything. I just took note that she was fucking over there, and I had a conversation with him about it later. I was like, "Don't you let a bitch be sitting across the bar from me and not fucking tell me." Oh, he saw. He saw her and didn't say shit to me, and I was like, "Yo, was that your ex?" So, (laughs) but but you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that was like. Yeah, I, I felt bad for her. Like I was like, God, like I can't. I'm seeing my nigga making out with the next bitch. Like I could, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. I, I mean, would yeah. never. Yeah, I wouldn't seek that out. But uh, also, you know, knowing that the kid was in play, I guess I can understand where where. So, okay, all right. I was she was already pregnant. This. I was confused about this. When they went back to her, her mother's house, was that during the same time she came home for the funeral? When she took the picture with her daughter in her mother's house? No. No, because the funeral happened. Three months after yeah. she she left. She right. was already pregnant. So that's what I was going to point out. She was she pregnant. She came back to sell the house, basically. So she came back, what, like four years later? Yeah, yeah. to sell the house. Okay, so who was... so? See that, that that honestly, I got hung up when there. she when she was going through that gut wrenching shit that I wouldn't have been able to survive. She was fucking, pregnant. She was pregnant. Yes. And like... I wasn't even in this moment thinking about that. I feel even worse for her. Like, right. Oh my God. That's like, can you imagine the man you love and that you're pregnant by is like off living his life happily with the next bitch? Yeah. But you know, I mean, what's kind of wild is like, uh, she was married to Courtney B. Vance, right? Yeah. But he like married her like right after her yeah. got back to New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she, she did a video like after her, um, Went while her kids playing in the background, and she was talking about, yeah, I let the people I love, like, I let the people I love I go away. Behind. Yo, yeah. Courtney B. Vance looking at that video, like, wait, what? I thought he was recording the video. <laughs> oh, he was. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have left I so many people behind. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who was the videographer? I thought it was him. I thought it was just somebody doing an expose on her. Or That's something. what I thought it was. Yeah. Too. Oh, okay. They I was like, he got to look at that video. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, well, did, but he knew her story. She told him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's he was just like he was. He was head over heels in love with her, apparently, you yeah. know, um, enough to father her daughter and to keep this secret and to, you know, just really protect her. So so he was the good, you know, 
I guess he's what women wish they had, like somebody that just loves them through everything, every phase of life, I guess. Because it sounds like that's what he was. Why I'm is looking, that a woman thing? I'm I would think that's Leezy. what most people would want. I'm, I, I think women are a little bit more attached to the idea than guys are. I, I think maybe it sure. looks the same for guys, but it's like, like uh, we have to you really want somebody who fucks through. with you. Like, yeah, like you gonna you, you gonna fuck with me? Like, even though I fucked all these other bitches, I want you to stick with me. It looks more like that with guys. I think with with women, it's like I don't think guys are thinking about. I want somebody that's gonna love me through being sick. I want somebody that's going to love me at my that's worst. That's definitely I, what I'm thinking about when I say that. But to your point, a lot of guys measure a woman's worth by how much pain she can endure, how much of your fuckery she that's put all with. I'm and saying. that's not the same thing. I got yeah, you. Yeah, guys don't think about themselves in those positions. Like, um, at least, you know, from my understanding, every guy's different. And now, you know, every everybody's different. But that's my assumption. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. There was no friction here. Um I but I think I think that's important. Like things can still be complicated when there's no friction. Things can still, yeah. But I don't know because I found that makes myself it boring. Saying, <laughs> well, I found myself saying like in Issa's position, like when she was complaining about like why didn't you tell me? I'm like, but he told you a month ago that it could happen. Like it's not. This is not a big deal. It, that's what I was saying to myself. Like he told you that he had put in for a job for it. So this is the potential of what could happen. So now that it's happening. I don't understand what you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you should have been checking in on this. Like, hey, did you get that job? Did you, you know what I'm saying? If you were going to put yourself in this position to be in this relationship, he opened up the door in order for you to check on it. So when it kind of became a thing, I was just like, oh, no, this is the conflict. This is the conflict. A, a conversation that you guys already had. I'm, this is, a, maybe I need a woman's perspective on this. Like, in your case, would you be upset about this, Lizzie? Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at him so much as like I'd be frustrated with the situation and sad. Okay, and is that what she was? Maybe I'm misreading what she was because she seemed to be mad. I think she was disappointed more than she was mad. Okay. That she felt like she wasn't going to get the happy ending that she wanted. Mm. People still think about happy endings in 2020? Yeah. That's weird to me. What's a happy end? What? Why is that something you shouldn't aspire to? Well, because what? What is a happy ending? That that's more so what's weird to me. What's your like, goal? Th- the goal should be ever changing. Like it should never. There should never be like blah 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 blah. What's your goal? What's your goal out of knowing this person? Like I like we just talked about everything that you hit on. Like that that that's what Lizzy wants. Right. Lizzy wants somebody to go through shit with. Okay. So so, so that being said, but, like but if I that, to me a, that even ahead. I'm not saying that means you live happily ever after. Okay. But you get the thing that you want. You really want. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So life's oh, gonna keep I happening to every nigga. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because because I'm just like, yo, I don't understand what was in question. I, I really don't understand what was in question. What was hard to work out? Like y- y'all knew each other a month. Um, obviously, you know whether you're gonna continue, whether you're gonna end. This is on a this is a good guy that it sounds like wants to still have access to you. So it's all about your positioning of that access of like. Yo, I don't want to be dealing with a dude that's five five hours away, you know, or five hours in a time zone away. You she know, a whole country. What was she scared of? She didn't want to build the connection more to have it snatched from under her. So she was like, let me just get rid of it now. 
which is a very normal thing that people do. You shaking yeah. your head like this shit is cut and dry. Uh, it's like you do this and you do this, and if you don't, you're crazy. Like that's not how this not, shit works. Not cause. that it's crazy, I, and I would <laughs> hopefully I'm, I'm not coming off like that. I guess what I'm saying is it's just back to the whole like the conflict. The conflict wasn't a real conflict. Like it wasn't like like to you. I, yeah, Lizzie, that wouldn't be a conflict for you. What do you mean? I'd have let the nigga leave and moved on. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you see what I'm saying? But it I'm not, been, I mean, it if, I, been... if I didn't have a kid and the kind of money that she had, I could just go hang out with this nigga in London and see if I wanted to fuck with him for a couple months. I'd have done that too. You like, see what I'm saying? <laughs> there's no conflict. <laughs> yeah. There's there's an easy answer There was nothing for, keeping her in New York. Like Her mother's art would keep her you. rich for the rest of her life and her kids Fam. and her grandchildren too. So where was the conflict? The conflict, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I feel it? like. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I I hear you, mm-hmm. but that's the this the, that is the that is the safe thing. What I'm describing is the safe thing to do, like just being like, "Well, I'm gonna let you go live your life. I guess I'll be over here probably thinking about you forever." Right. And like, but that's the safe thing to do. So okay, so so. But there was nothing stopping her. This is, you know, Martin, her, the dad in the situation, like he had a real, he's like, I can't fucking make no money in New York. Like, what am I gonna do? Which yeah. is very true. He wouldn't have been able to. He'd have had to like really rearrange his life. Right. That makes a lot of sense. But, but Martin, are you following kind of where I'm going with this? Or like what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm I, not, I, not following. Not, <laughs> I don't know. Well, go, yeah, go. I mean, I think they just had to manufacture some type of drama into it. Like, even. Even that scene in New Orleans where they're having the fight, it didn't seem right because they never even like talked in that manner to each other. Like they never raised you raised their voice at each other. Right. Like that wasn't even their relationship. So it seemed kind of like weird when they did it. I think a lot of this movie about like friction is a lot of them trying to like subvert like black stereotypes as far as like drama or different types of movies. Okay, go. Keep going. Okay, so like the fact that there's no, like you said before, there's no struggle love in this Mm -hmm. movie. There's no like, oh, this guy's about to go to jail or the police in this movie. The sex scene isn't like super sexualized. Like I guess the last film I thought about that was like Nobody's Fool, which Mm -hmm. I felt like that that scene was in there just, (laughs) just for people to be like, People to like see Amari Hardwick like taking somebody down, like uh, from power or whatever. Okay. And, uh, and um, <laughs> why you say like from power? Like we don't know <laughs> yeah, who Amari Hardwick yeah, is. Yeah, he, <laughs> dead, he dead now, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, he dead now. Thanks. And there's no like five, there's five more of them joints coming out too. That's crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, no, this is going too far. <laughs> this power shit is going too far. I love Fifty, but this shit is going way too far, bro. Yeah. Another thing going. is like the the idea of I guess you see a lot of times in Tyler Perry movies or different like black dramas is the idea of like this evil parent or whatever who who kind of makes the uh, makes their daughter or makes their son or whatever like imprint something terrible on their kid and it's really she was being mean not because like she was just a mean person and she was abused she was being mean because she was dying and she was scared that like her kid wasn't gonna be taken care of. Oh, that's why she was being mean? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Christina's mom. Yeah, Christina's, Christina's mom. mom. Yeah. I um yeah, I mean, I didn't even give too much like 
I, I didn't give too much like credence to even that relationship, to be honest. Like, but sometimes when you see people's family, it helps them make sense. No, most of the time, yeah, that it does. But in this particular case, it, it kind of didn't because it did it, to me. Well, it did, she didn't. For, she didn't have an example of like how to handle closure. Because her mama didn't give her no closure. She just sent her ass away. Yeah. So that was the moral of this is like, I, I mean, I, I got They're like. Not, yeah, that is the moral of it. She broke the cycle. Like she was able to go like figure it out. Issa broke the cycle. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Because in this, it's just weird because in this. Okay. Hold on. I'm, well, trying, I took I'm processing it, I took this. her mother's situation as men were leaving her rather than like. In Christina's case, she's leaving her man. And okay, but then it skips a generation and the granddaughter, the man is leaving her. Yeah. But it was already amicable. I don't know, man. It's just, I guess I'm like, I, I, like, I looked at it like, um, I, I get what you're saying in terms of breaking the curse, but it's like, I didn't even see that as a, it was never pitted that that was the problem. Like I, I because I understood I why her mother like, was leaving. I don't calling it a curse makes it seem like so dramatic. Yeah, it, what, maybe it does. But her mother, her mother, like did leave her. Her mother like put her ass out. Like that was really it. But she, oh, man, maybe they, I they just weren't. Don't they didn't talk to each other. Yeah, they needed to talk to each other. They weren't expressing themselves. Okay, see, and, and that's more the conflict that I got. Yeah, they weren't ex- they weren't expressing themselves. Her mother her her mother couldn't express herself and tell her the truth, and then she was having a hard time expressing herself to someone that she loved. Like yeah. there was three women, three generations of women in this family who could not express themselves because that was their family culture. They weren't talking. Right. So she broke the cycle. She was able to to like get over whatever it was she was feeling. And she was able to talk and say what she needed to say. You know what? You know what it is now. And hearing you say that, and me looking at it in totality, now I get where the disconnect was for me. I didn't understand that that was a problem between her and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Like I understood that was a she problem. She had to in her write her a letter, like to tell her about herself. Yeah, but that's not like even the, like the letter because we got the letter in small chunks. But she wasn't. She her motivations for her behavior were not things that she was forthright with, which is why she had to put them into a letter. And it's the same thing with with Christina's mother. Her mother like just kind of sent her away because she couldn't like say what she needed to say to her. Yeah. So I, I get that, but I guess in in real time. They didn't do a good job of portraying that this was a big point of contention for Issa Rae for May. And like I just didn't. I don't get that. disagree with you. Yeah, and and that's maybe where it fell short for me because it like it's like I didn't like even there was no real sentimental reaction. I mean, there was a scene of her crying after she was reading the letter, and then you hear her saying, "All I keep reading, you know, my May, like that that's evidence that she loved me." And to me, I'm like. It's kind of we didn't see their relationship, so that was the whole point of them showing you Christina's relationship with her mother. If you watch the two of them interact, did her mother seem loving? I wasn't even sure if that was her mom in the beginning. I was like, is this sis- is her sister? Is this does she live with her aunt? Who is this person? So I agree, but what I also didn't have the context was I didn't know if that relationship it went bad because maybe she was fast and she was doing a lot of things that were un you know against her mother's disapproval. It, but that we but didn't I have think the that's why they of. show her mother laying up with a random nigga. Like, it wasn't that. Oh, oh <laughs> so that was the point of that. Her mom didn't come across as like a holy roller churchy woman. Her mom seemed very worldly too. And yeah. it seemed like 
to your point, mm-hmm. that was weird to me. I was like, you know, you're getting too big for your britches. You got to get out of my house. But that wasn't an issue at all. She just didn't want her daughter to, to watch her die. I don't know, man. That, that you know, as much as I appreciate the film, and I do appreciate it, and I think it was it was a it was a feel good. I walked out of there feeling good. I mean, I uh, shit, I shed a tear when yeah, I, I shed a tear when when he saw her in London. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this is yeah, one roll down my eye, bro. Just be, I told okay. you that. I that's heard my, people say they cried, and I was like, what y'all was crying for? That's my bag. And but, I'm the, be, but I'm the person who cries all the goddamn time, and I didn't cry. So, so <laughs> for for me, it was just the. Uh, because I liked both of them and because I, I saw that both of them were very well to do and like they both had a lot of love for each other. I did want to see them end up together. Um, but at the same time, if they both would have chose their careers, I, I think that that's reality. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll cross path. I don't think he was saying I'm moving to London and that's it for me forever. Like we can't be friends. We can't talk. We can't do nothing. It's just like, no, I'm, I'm living in London. I can come scared. see. Yeah. And, and, the movie did a poor job of getting me there to understand her the, motivation, the gravity, and, and and really understanding what she was scared of. Well, maybe that's what you're. Maybe you're experiencing what she, her, how she felt towards her own mother as the audience. Explain. So, like, you're not connecting with her because she's not really telling you. May's character is not really telling you much about how she feels either. Oh, that's deep. No, no. Now that's deep. Now, now. Now we getting somewhere that actually makes more sense mm-hmm. for me to feel that way. If that was the if that was the ploy, that I was may genius. be giving these niggas too much. I credit. think that's what you're doing, honestly. <laughs> but I, I honestly feel like that that's what you're I'm doing. American history X in the situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I do feel like that there is there is a case there. Like if I look at it through that lens and I can appreciate it a lot more. Um, if Because she could. Christina could not read her mother. Mm hmm. And then May could not read Christina, and we couldn't read May. So, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't read May in terms of fear, but I you read. You couldn't May. read her motivations for her behavior. No, I could. Like, f- for her to go to her to his brother's house and be in the it, like, I could tell she wanted to be in the space. She mm-hmm. was comfortable she, in the space. She wanted the. She wanted that. They had like the family she wanted. Yeah. yeah. So I. So I can read her. But the fear, I just didn't read fear mm-hmm. anywhere. I just read like, like, I mean, fear, but not. But in fear the- was what was motivating her mother. Fear was was motivating her, motivating her grandmother. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm just drawing conclusions based on, like, the patterns that they show you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And none of it's for no reason. A person who's writing that is not writing that to you, for you for no reason. They're not. They're not. But I also think what There's may be happening. There's a million things that could have moved the story forward, you know? I also think this this may be happening, too. And you're right about that. I also think a portion of this may be happening. Sometimes sometimes people write things from their own experience, mm-hmm. and they're so close to it that they don't realize how important the nuances around these things, mm-hmm. how much it means to people that don't go through this. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe, maybe I forget the, the lady's name, because it was very well directed, I thought. I thought it was well directed. I thought it, had it was all well the trappings acted. of a good movie. It, it just wasn't a good movie. It just didn't. It didn't, <laughs> right. it didn't and, land. And and I don't want to say like if, if for some reason this ever hits th- that that lady's ears, I don't want her to feel like your art is appreciated, right? Mm-hmm. Like I really I really fucked with your movie. Um, I I, I think maybe um, we should have back we should have zoomed out a little bit. Um, 
and just gave us a reason to really care about Issa's fear. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think that that portion of it was missed. Just in case you're writing another script that is similar to this, we need a little bit more conflict. Um, so that's that's where I stand with this. Martin, I always feel like we leave you out of these conversations. <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, like you were talking about shedding a tear. The only time I did in this movie is probably like when the mother is with um young, young May, mm-hmm. and she's she gets out of the truck and she starts like crying in the uh, Greyhound station. Yes, my mom had like a very similar situation when I was like three years old, and I remember it. So I, I definitely was tearing up. Oh wow! Yeah, do you cry in movies? Not. Mostly no. I can't see you crying yeah, out of a movie. That not like, like not crying, but you crying. felt something. Yeah, I definitely felt something. Interesting. Yeah, because I I never heard you mention even tearing up. So like to hear that, that's pretty. You just opened up, Martin. Thank you. Oh yeah. I I thought they did something special with that scene. I was glad they showed us both perspectives. From his perspective, from the car, it looked like yeah. nothing was wrong. And then when they showed us showed it to us later, they showed us the front perspective for us to see that she was crying. And she was moved by the fact yeah. that I, I thought that that was a pretty that was a very subtle but a yeah, very she was good grieving she was grieving not being able to give her daughter a certain life yeah but but that's something that like um th- that was just very meaningful to show to actually show it from both sides the mm. way that they did some some directors may they may they may not they may just they may have just shown you her reaction of it feeling a certain way to her but having that perspective that. He didn't see that, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't see how much it hurt her. So he went through life wondering, he wondered if she forgot about him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's a real thing. Um, you know, sometimes we just, we don't know how much we mean to somebody else's story. And obviously he was a huge, he made up a, hu- a whole human with her mm-hmm. that he really didn't know. He had a hunch, but he didn't know. And um, so how could she forget him? You know, Um. And I guess also for me, it's like uh, some people have this experience, especially if your family is like from like my dad's from Tennessee. and That's where he met my mom. But whenever it's like going back to a place, especially in the country where like it's a lot more of a closed community, people all know each other. It's always weird going back because you can you can imagine like your parents like being there or you can imagine you could almost like taste or touch or feel like. What because time doesn't move as fast as it does in other places, you could kind of feel like what it was like to be there. They're not you can't hear their conversations, but you could just like I don't know sense who the, the type of people they were, especially to grow up in this environment or that environment, right? And their history and stuff like that. And I definitely got a lot of that from this movie. Interesting. Let me ask you something. So you, your parents didn't they weren't together when you were grow when you grew up, right? Probably not since I was maybe like two or something like that. Oh, okay, but they but they, they lived in different places. Like my mom, she had me in Johnson City. That's where my dad's from. And then she moved to New York, and then she moved here, probably when I was like two. Okay. Do are do you have are do you have access to any pictures of like your mom and dad together? No. And and Lisa, you do right. Obviously, your parents are both. I together. post pictures of my black parents, my, <laughs> yeah. my light skin love parents yeah. on on my Instagram all the time. But, I love yeah. seeing things like that. But my parents, I I see them in love like every day. So. Right. So your experience is different. That's very because I'm the same way, Martin. Like I don't have. I really I've only seen maybe one picture of my mother pre me, and it, it she was maybe maybe 25, 24. I've never seen a, a I've never seen a picture of my mother younger than that picture. Like, I don't know what she looked like as a kid, a teenager, 
nothing like that. And I've never seen a picture with her and my father in the same photo. It's and, and, and so stories like this resonate on a different level. Like when you talk about yeah. that, when you talk about really like the, the, the imagining of what this couple was like, I don't, I don't even yeah. have any references of that. Imag- like of wow. being able to imagine. Yeah. That. Especially for me. Cause like, I, my, of course, my grandma used to live there, so I would go there like every summer sometimes. And you would just talk to somebody who owns the store. You would talk to somebody who like ha- is a lawyer or has a house and was like, yeah, I knew your mother. She was like this. And it just blows your mind because you never knew her as to be that person. Right. It's just crazy. That's interesting. It's very interesting, man. Now, life is funny that way, though. Yeah. Um. So... So with with that being said, is it important to really know who your is that something that is necessary understanding who your parents are or at least hypothesizing who they were in order to be able to receive love like is that a thing or to give love even? Yeah, I mean I think it's it's good to understand who they were especially cuz whatever they show you is kind of like filtered through what they want to show you. That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I don't know. Part of me, I I very much admire my parents' relationship. Like, and I I will say I say this to anyone who who will listen to me say it. Like, my father um, takes care of us, and my mother rides for my father. Mm. Um, and I I admire the relationship they have. I obviously don't think they have a perfect relationship. They're two people. Two people can't be perfect. Um, uh, but I admire their tenacity and the tenacity of their love and the, just the fullness of it. But I also think that that shapes my desires for what I want for myself and how I view those things. Mm. And it is frustrating to not encounter people very often who um, haven't had that modeled for them um, and therefore don't value it. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, so it's a double-edged yeah. sword. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like um, maybe you do, maybe you don't, because I've never lived this. But, like, when you don't have that modeled for you, you probably give people a lot more, like, leeway mm-hmm. to fuck up. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess um, you can. You can. I, it's, not, it's, it's not rewarding either way. Me giving people the leeway is not rewarding. Me holding them to the standard is not rewarding. It's, it's not just that's not a fucking reward. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you that it's like better or worse. Like I don't. I can't answer that for you. Right. I think it's. You can think. You can think the grass is greener. It's probably fucking not. Right. <laughs> so. So what are some black love movies similar to the photograph that you like or that you would suggest other people should watch? That's a really good. I don't question. know any other black love movies that are similar to the photograph, and I think that's part mm. of why people maybe don't receive it so well. I think a lot of people were looking for this to be like Love Jones. Me, in my mind, I was like, "This is gonna be the Black Notebook," and it wasn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> so because um, that's kind of how they marketed it that it was like the Notebook. Sort um, of, yeah. Um, I will say this: I comparing this movie to Love Jones is two different things but like me and my best friend were talking about like Nina Mosley is a fuck boy if Love Jones is what you aspire to I want you to really really look at that movie again with a critical eye and examine like <laughs> do you love yourself wow. <laughs> so wow. Nina Mosley is a fuck boy okay. she's a whole fuck boy I need to watch that again Yeah. I don't understand how you walk away from that movie not feeling like she's a fuck boy I think we were like I did spoken word in like college <laughs> and high school or whatever so 
we were just so in love with the fact that people were doing like poetry and stuff that yeah. we kind of just looked past like what the real implications of that relationship was. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the element of like them being like in a black renaissance mode is great. Like she's a photographer and he's a writer and like that, that's, and they, you know, they yeah. have these forms of creative expression. So, and I, for the same reason as, um, Boomerang, I appreciate that there's some black excellence happening there, which I guess is paralleled here and yeah. in um in the photograph. But like this bitch tell you I need to go fuck my ex to figure out if I want to be with you or not. Goes and fucks her ex, comes home, doesn't say shit to you, and then fucks your homeboy. Nina Mosley is a fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then comes paper. around. Yeah. yeah, and then no, nah, in practice. And then like she's kinetically a fuck boy. Then you fucking come back. Wow. Then she, I mean, she fucks your homeboy and then like is sitting in your fucking face with a nigga, like. Wow. Nina never deserved Darius. Yeah. She's a fuck boy. Wow. When you when you say it like that, you You that don't get a nigga back like that. I understand that he's seen her yeah. with with she's seen him with his ex, but like you don't get a nigga back like that. So it's so is that <laughs> is that where Neo's inspiration came from for that for that lyric? What? Um I, I know what I what I did was whack, but she don't get it. No, now that came from Jay Z. That's yeah. why I'm like, why so are we talking about Neo? I forgot that, Neo even said that. Yeah, so is that was that Jay Z's inspiration? I don't know, but that's definitely you don't you don't you don't do shit like that. Yeah. My man with pride. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. Um, but to answer your question, Martin, that that's I I don't know. Like, I'm I'm with Lizzy there. This is a very unique maybe story like medicine for melancholy is like a similar arc where it's just there like not a go. lot happening. There's hap- there's so much happening, but not a lot but happening. But not a lot happening. Yeah, medicine for melancholy is a really good example. Um, I love Wyatt Cenac, by the way. I didn't yeah. care about him at all when I saw that movie, but mm-hmm. I love Wyatt Cenac. Now you're on to him. Um, how about you? Did do, do, do you have an answer for that question? For um, black question? love movies. Yeah, I mean, I always like loving basketball. But that's a different type that's of movie. Arc, it's it's yeah. basically a sports movie mixed with a romance movie. But right. I guess like it's kind of like is my dream for myself more important than how much I love you? It's kind of the yeah. same the same conundrum, I guess. Like yeah, definitely. Those mm. are the kinds of choices that you know they're being faced with in both situations. Yeah, I just don't with technology today. I just don't think that that's a real concern anymore. Me personally, right? Like I, I think you can love your career and love a person. Um. You can the program the vibrator from deep and get it in from London. Yeah. To New York. It's, 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 a, it's so <laughs> much your, easier to have like, long distance. You like that girl with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so much easier to have long distance relationships now. So that's it's almost not a thing. Nah. For, I mean, yeah, yeah, Candace Parker was married to like an NBA dude for a while. Come on, man. You know, they was never in the same city. Yeah. You know, so. But that's me speaking, somebody who has been married for going on 10 years now. So um, that's, that is washed up nigga speaking. Um, what about you? Any are, are there any black love movies that you really like? That I really like? Yeah, I mean, I told you, man, Last Dragon. That's uh, the pinnacle to yeah. me. But um, wow. but yeah. it is. But it's the ultimate love story. You know, it, it really the is. The underdog. The underdog. You he know, over the girl. He head over heels for the first time he sees her. He fights to obtain. You know, for her to protect her and all this other shit, and finds himself. And I mean, it's really the narrative is all there. It's just in martial arts. <laughs> but um uh I really I really like um I really do like Best Man. Oh, I love Best Man. Yeah, yeah. I really I really and like And for Best all the Man. I love Black Excellence on screen and that's an, another one. That's definitely one. Um well, what's the one when they were in South Central? Um no, the wood. 
But that's not really. That movie is not good. That, <laughs> it's the, but that movie's yeah, funny. That movie. It's funny, but it's not yeah. good. I get it's, what you're saying. It's, it's satisfactory. Yeah. And don't at me. I, I said what, what I said. And, 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 you know, poetic justice. <laughs> okay. Um, And even higher learning to, to a weird degree. Yeah. Like, it's a love story to me. Um, I mean, it's a lot more. It's way more robust than just a love story. But um, uh, there's a lot, man. It's. It, 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 like right now on the spot, I can't really think, but there, there's a, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot. I mean, even Queen and Slim, you know, I appreciate that as a love story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, one, it's not a black movie, but there's this Indian movie called Monsoon Weddings. That's one of my favorite like Indian movies, and that's like a really good love story. Nice. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, maybe you should make your list, Martin. Oh, list. It's. It's hard to think of like black love movies because I could only think of maybe like five for real. There's not that many. You'd think there would be like a lot of them, but there really aren't for real. Uh, I mean, there was an era where they were slapping them out, man, from like Deliver Us from Eva and, oh, yeah. you know, what's the, what's the joke with like, Common and, uh, and Queen Latifah? Yeah. Oh, just, just right. Just right. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were out there slapping them. Jason's lyric. Like, they are out there. Wait, God. so you watch. You you we had a conversation about Gabrielle Union. Yeah, Brown you watched Deliver Us from Evil. You were just like she's just all right. In terms, I've I've never been physically attracted to Gabrielle Union. Yes, yeah, correct. Dad, Daddy's Daddy's little girls is still a black love story. Daddy's little girl. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, yeah, all of them Tyler Perry shits. Yeah, and 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 that's not me saying because I know that was your crush, Martin. Yeah. That's not me saying that. I don't think that Gabrielle Union is an unattractive woman. Yeah, she's very she's pretty. She's not your type. She's just not my type. Yeah. She's not my type. Yeah. So. Two can play that game. Yeah, two I'm can just, play. I'm just naming shit. Like <laughs> As I said, <laughs> yeah, they, they, there was a point. Yeah. Honestly, there was a point where they were slapping them. They were slapping them out, bro. Like yeah. I think Will Packers is pretty, is pretty integral in that space. Um, I think about last night doesn't get enough. Love. That is, I was thinking of that. That's like I never the best him. Kevin Hart like movie I think uh, I've ever he's seen. So funny because he has Regina Hall. Yeah, but exactly. That's the funniest Both I've ever them, seen her like, too. Yeah. Um, and she's pretty funny. I yeah, that movie is a remake and it's better than the original in my opinion. But mm. yeah, that's great. I wish he would promote it more because most people don't know about that movie. Mm. Word. All right. Well, um, we talked longer about the photograph than I expected, guys. That's, yeah. Uh, I thought we were going to be in and out, just like the movie. You do you I mean? do you guys think you want to see more like leading roles from Lakeith yeah, or yes. Issa? I do. I, I'll tell you what. This new Issa thing, with the new Issa movie with oh, um, with, oh, with Kamel. Kamel. I love Kamel. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good, man. It, it, it doesn't it, look good. It looks a little too off it, the chart. Um, I feel it looks like other bullshit I've seen white people make a million times. I'll go watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's cool and that we it exists. We can't but. be just judging it harshly because it's one of our own. Like, they players can fuck up. No, that that's not why and I'm I, judging it harshly. It just doesn't look good, you know? Like, I, I would, feel like they're was, showing you some of the funniest things in the trailer. That's, that's my the problem. Opinion. But I hope, I hope that's not the case because I felt like that when I was going to go see Girls Trip, and that definitely wasn't true. Right, right. Girls so, Trip was really good. So, like, like let's hold out hope because I think Kumail's pretty funny, and I like Issa, obviously. And I, I feel like, you know, South Asian on black love is some shit we don't see enough of. Yeah, it's like that one mm. Denzel movie is the only one I could think of. Which one? But Mississippi Masala. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And mostly it just made both black and Indian people look fucking racist, that movie. But oh, wow. uh, I want everybody in that movie to take a bath. They all look like they had been outside playing all day. You stupid. I'm done with <laughs> Watch you. Watch that yo. shit again. Yeah, I'm done with you. Um, 
but yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I would love to see Issa in more roles, uh, more leading roles, and I definitely would love to see Lakeith in more leading roles. Loki, I kind of want to see her do a bit part once in a while, just to see like like a comedic bit part. Mm, okay, I can show she you some content leading. from before she blew, where she did that, and mm. it is great. Yeah, she's very talented, man. Um, and it's taken me a while to really get there. Like I've always thought she was talented, but no, I I respect her craft on, craft on a, on a whole nother level um, as the years go by. But um, I think that's gonna do it for us with the photograph. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's uh, uh, you know, again, thank everybody for listening. You know how that goes. Uh, it, it you know, pull up your phone real quick, man, and jump it. it follow us on our socials uh, on Twitter at Kinda Movie Crits C R I T S. And on Instagram and Facebook at Kinda, K-I-N-D-A, Movie Critics. Um, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're listening to us on standby. Um, or And go back to listen to some old episodes if this is the first one that you're joining in with us for, man. Our conversations are, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty in-depth with some of these movies. So um, search the catalog and see a title, another title that you like. Click on it, listen, and then just go from there. Um, any 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 plans for future episodes, guys? That we know we want to do before we get off the yeah, mic. Antebellum, but that's like twenty years from now. Antebellum, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Outsider. I think we could talk about. Yeah, Outsider. I would love to do an Outsider episode. Uh, how about you, Martin? Any ideas of anything coming up? Um, that's in our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say for real. The, the Fred Hampton movie when it finally makes it here. Yeah, probably that. Have they even finished shooting that yet? I think they just finished principal photography maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was titled Jesus is My Homeboy right now, but it could be whatever. Wait, is Lena directing that one too? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. So, yep, you asking all the right questions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bet. Well, this is where we're going to leave it. So um, remember we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. Just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.